If you didn't already know this, if you're visiting with us, today's a special Sunday. Last Sunday of the year is always a little bit unique in some things that we do or we talk about, but this Sunday we're saying goodbye uh, to one of our staff members, uh, uh, Jack and his wife Alex, who we just love, and we're going to miss them tremendously. They're getting ready to head out to Boston to start a new work there in ministry, and he's going to come and share a little bit this morning and um, share with us some of the things that are on his heart as he leaves. Um, but I wanted to kind of intro a little bit of, of him and his time with us. Uh, before I do that, though, I, I do want to share two, two things with you that I, I'm hoping that you, you will with me not think of these so much as announcements, but just invitation to join us uh, in the life of our church. We're, we're so excited for what God is doing around here, and the excitement really is you as God continues to bring people to our church, and I know, thank you for the grace many of you show me every week as I struggle trying to remember all of your names, and it doesn't help me to have quick conversations as you walk in the sanctuary. Um, I, I like to sit down with a cup of coffee. That, that helps me a lot, but I don't get a chance to do that with all of you, but we're excited to see um, all the new faces and new people that are joining, but I really want to challenge us to think beyond like, hey, I go to four squares, like a location or a building, or I go to the first service as if um, this is really what it's all about or what church is all about. God, if God is calling you here and you've been coming for years or you've been coming for a couple months, he is wanting you to join and be a part of who he is and what he's doing within our church. And we're just one small piece in the big puzzle of Big C Church, Four Squares Little C Church. There's a Big C Church all around the world where millions are gathering today and over the next several days worshiping uh, who Jesus is on the weekends. And we're just glad to be a part of that. We don't think we're changing the world, but we are trying to fulfill what part of God's kingdom Jesus has called us to as this church in Gettysburg. And I want to challenge you to think about taking the next step forward into the relationship, into the very body, as it's called in the Bible, of what church is. And it's not just attending a service or checking some things out, but it's, it's coming and being a part of what God is doing. And, and there's two great ways to do that. Um, and the one is, first of all, groups. And we, we start these Every, every season, uh, four times a year. And, and I'll, be, I'll just be honest with you. As a pastor, I wanted to share this and do this announcement. We have some great winter groups that are starting. Those are ones that are going to begin here in just a couple weeks. There's great ones there's, for ladies and for men and for couples and singles. There's, there's all kinds, and there's good material in each of those. And I don't want to be negative about that, that, that there's good material. However, I'll be honest with you, we change and we get transformed. We, we move and we grow, not based upon material as much as relationships. And you need to know that, right? Um, any, any studies will tell you that we learn better together. That's been one of the great challenges of higher education over the last few decades. I got my master's almost entirely um, uh, on distance learning almost, almost 15 years ago now when we came, 13 years ago. And um, that wasn't even cutting edge then, but they've been trying to figure out how do we help people learn in an online environment with each other because we just learn better with others. And so when we talk about joining groups, there's some good content, there's great material, no doubt about it, but what we're really inviting you to, what you're really deciding to join is to participate in relationships and accountability in your walk with Jesus. And I guarantee you, you cannot succeed in your walk with Christ nearly as well by yourself as you will with others. Things will happen quicker, you'll grow faster, you'll grow in greater steps as you move forward because you're doing it with other people who are holding you accountable in your marriage and in your life with your kids or at work. And I know some of us, we don't, we don't want that, we shy away from it, and yet we still, though, want to grow. We're still tired of the same old things happening over and over again. 
So I want to really invite you to think about, there's a, a group's booklet in the chair pockets there in front of you, or for a lot of you who, who are all mobily connected, we'll talk about that in a moment, just get your phone out, foursquarechurch.info. I'll give you permission right now to do it. And you can go right there to groups or forward slash groups at the end of that, and you can see all the groups that are starting, our winter groups, in just a couple weeks. I cannot implore you enough, don't just continue to attend a service. Join with us together in relationship and see what God will do in your life. A lot of these, they meet eight times, one night a week for eight weeks, and it's amazing how much you can grow. Now, I want to say this because we only do this a few times a year. Winter groups are new groups that are starting. They usually run between six and ten weeks long, um, and they're, they're starting in a couple weeks. But we also have another category of groups called life groups. These specifically are just, they meet every week. There's no homework. There's nothing to do when you get there, nothing to do when you leave. They're, they're designed solely to help you learn how to start reading your Bible for yourself and hearing God speak to you. The number one way to learn, to begin to learn how to hear God for your life is to start reading the Bible. Number one way, no, no other way is greater than that. God speaks to us because he's already speaking in his word, and when we read it, we are listening to him speak already, and we learn to recognize his voice. So that's what life groups are. We have several of those, probably a dozen or more, that meet um, in different places all throughout the week. And uh, what, a, what an easy way just to commit to something to say, okay, I'm going to at least have devotions once a week. It's accountability for that, if nothing else. And all of us, including your pastor, we need that. I, I need that accountability of my own life group many times. Um, we also have Sunday groups, a lot of great ministries, couples and single moms sometimes and, and uh, senior adults and, and young and old, all of it meet on Sunday mornings during our services and different services. That's there in the booklet. That's there online as well as we do have some affinity groups, we call them community groups, that people just get together because they love history or they love doing various different things, and you'll see the list of them there. So please, can I, can I ask you as we go into a new year, don't just continue to, to just come and attend a service. Join with us. We need you, and you need us. We really need each other in this journey. Following Jesus is not always easy. Going through life and the difficulties of life is not easy, and we cannot do it alone. We cannot do it all. It's so much more important than whether it be me or some staff person knowing your name. You know, it's so much more important that you have 10 or 20 or 30 people in our church that know you and your name. That is, that is more important no matter what church size it is. That is the most important thing. Those are the people that you're journeying and doing life together. Um, and they're there for you when, when things go great and when things are, 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 you're struggling, things are hard. So please consider that. May that be something new, a new challenge for you in the new year. And then secondly, we've got... Um, some buckets we're going to pass out here. In, the buckets have bands in them that we're going to pass out in a moment as a reminder that we are starting off this Tuesday, January 1st, with 21 days of prayer and fasting. For some of you, you've never done this before. And I know this is brand new. Therefore, we have some literature that will help you. Like maybe you've never been taught how to pray. There's a great guide back there called Pray First. Before you worry, before you get anxious, before you throw something, before you get mad, before you do something else, pray first. And for some of you, there's a lot of ways in here, just different ways of how to pray. Maybe you've never known that. The ushers will have these in the back as well as the Connect Desk to give those to you. There's a free booklet if you'd like it, 31 days to pray for our nation. If you're up for 10 more days of prayer, we're doing 21, but if you want to add 10 more days to pray for our nation. And there's also just another little guy that says praying through your church, your community, your family. We just want to get these in your hands to help you as you think about the first 21 days of the year. It's, it's the time of year where people think about goals and setting all kinds of you know, different things that we want to see happen. But I'm going to challenge you. We'll start next Sunday looking at, I, I really want to challenge us to stop things before we look to start things in the new year. That really there's probably some things that we should stop. And there's an ever-growing, I've been thinking about it and feeling my own conviction in my own life, this ever-growing um, um, 
issue, I guess if you want to call it, of what screens, as we call them in our home, do to us. That they prevent us from ever having moments with our heart and our minds of pausing. And I preached about this last year, and, and, I, and I, I go through waves, probably like you do, where I do well, and the Lord's been really convicting me not doing so well lately. Whereas I may stop at a stoplight, love Middle Street here, right? Stop at a stoplight, I've got 10 seconds. I think I'll check the weather, because it's been two stoplights since I checked the weather, and maybe it's changed, right? And then you drive another 150 feet forward, and you get stopped at the next light. You know what? I think I'll check my email really quick and get back to someone, get to the next light. Oh, man, this one's long. I probably can get four or five texts done, check the news. Does anybody else suffer with this affliction? It is developing our lives where we, we, we are addicted to doing something and we don't know what to do with downtime. Do you remember the days you'd go to the doctor's office or to the dentist's office and you had to wait and you would just do that? Like you would just wait. You didn't communicate with anybody. You didn't post on social media. You didn't check. No, you just, you waited. They, they called them waiting rooms. They call them social media rooms now. Because no one's waiting. We're all catching up with everything. Right? They had magazines in those rooms. I don't know why they have magazines anymore. No one's looking at the magazines. I want to see what's going on on Facebook, right? But because of that, in our hearts and our spirits and our minds, we're, we're rarely pausing. And I think it's hard sometimes for God to get into the jump rope of our minds and our souls. And so that's what 21 days of prayer and fasting is. It's really, let's plan some stops in our life, throughout the day, in our families. And I'll, and I'll say this, and I don't mean to toot our own horn. This is not easy for us, but I, I thought, you know, I'm going to share it with you. One thing Jerry and I have been talking about, and um, we, we oftentimes will have a few months a year where we'll do no screens, meaning no video games and no television. Um, we love it as a parent. It's hard for a couple of days, and then we're like, wow, like this is awesome. We should throw away those things all the time. Um, but I told Jerry, I said, I, I think I need to step it up, even my own self, um, as what I'm asking our kids to do. And just at 5 o'clock, the phone goes away, and there's nothing. No screen, no social media, nothing. Right? And I mean, I, well, I'll probably shake, and we'll, we'll go through some things. I'll take some medicine, some withdrawal medicine from that. But, but I, I, I told her, I said, I, I think we should do that as a family. That There's just absolutely nothing that takes place. 21 days, why couldn't we do that? that I think that can be done. So, so it's far and wide. What is it that God is challenging you as an individual, as a family, so that you can put him first, so that you can give him time in the new year? Like, so anyway, this, to me, these aren't announcements. These are invitations to say, you know what? God is doing something here in our church and in our body, and it has to do with you. It has to do with us, and it's all together, and, and we need to give God this time in order to do that. So I just want to challenge you with that. If the ushers would come, uh, we're going to pass those bands out. And, um, and uh, they're just little prayer bands. You don't have to wear these. And come on up, ushers. And, but we just thought we'd give you a reminder. You can hang them on in your car. You can put them around your wrist. You can put them at your desk. You don't even have to take one if you're like, I don't need that or I don't want that. That's fine. But we wanted to give you something symbolic that says, hey, let's together remember for 21 days. Go ahead and pass those out. And actually, as I do, we're going to do the awkward silence of you just listening to the white noise of people rummaging through the paper. Because I want to give you about a minute just to think, just to stop and think. What do you think God would want you to stop? What would he want you to fast for 21 days? Let's do that. Let's just be quiet while he passes out. I'll pray and then I'll invite Jack up. We become afraid of our thoughts almost, which is sometimes why we feel it. But man, for 21 days, let's not be afraid of what may be said in the stillness. Let's be listening to the voice that would still us. Amen? So as they finish that, let me pray for you. And Lord, I, I just pray for us as a church. You're doing great things here. We're excited about it, but Lord, it is not about us, and it's not based upon us. God, it's what you're doing. And Lord, just like that scripture in Psalm 145, we want to be people of humility. 
Lord, that can lay on our beds and not be afraid of the silence, not be afraid of all the things that come in our minds, but to be people that would lay there. And Lord, what, what could come across our minds and our hearts would be, Lord, your goodness and the fact that you delight in us. And I pray that as a church that we would take these next 21 days and really seek you, seek your heart, and seek what you have to say to us and our families and our marriages and in our, in our workplaces and our callings and what you've called us to do, Jesus. God, may we uh, think through, Lord, what we could fast, not just something that's symbolic, Lord, that maybe we need to do, fast a meal or something so we have the time to pray, but, but also just think through everything. God, what is it that we could eliminate for 21 days that would just allow our hearts to be more in tune with yours? God, challenge us, I pray, to go against the status quo, to go against, Lord, all the forces that come against us in our culture, Lord, that it's just so normal. May we go against that, Lord, and really be able to hear from you. We want to know what you have to say about 2019 long before we, we come up with thoughts and plans and ideas. You love us. You take delight in us, and we want to hear from you. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this time that we will dedicate to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So get in a group and take 21 days, 21 days, and um, spend some time each day really focusing on the Lord. I'm going to have Jack come up, and as he does, I'm going to read to you Acts 20 as an intro to what he'll be sharing with us this morning. Acts 20. Paul is talking, Paul is one of the writers of most of the New Testament, and um, he pastored and started churches, but he pastored probably the longest in in a town called Ephesus, and he was writing to these leaders in Ephesus, um, talking about the fact that God was calling them out of there to go to Jerusalem, and probably for most of them, he would never see them again. It was a bittersweet, bittersweet time. It says, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you, From the first day I came to the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plot of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and the Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Come on over here, my friend. He's hiding away. Don't start crying yet, man. I've been doing really well. Listen, I, I, told, I, I told him before, but I really wanted to tell him in front of all of you and tell him again to his face that you, you have served us so well. You have served us with humility, and um, I know it's kind of a side note where it says it there, but he says, I'm not hesitating to preach anything that would be helpful to you. And um, I don't mean this, and I told you this, it's not a lower thing, but you are a, you are a fantastic helper. Um, you, have, you have helped so many of us on staff and helped our church. You have loved us so well. And um, he, is, he has been great, hasn't he? And you, you have time to clap. Well, ah. um, he really has uh, been someone who served you with humility and with love and integrity and has helped in so many areas of our church. And that's kind of, we came with other plans that didn't work out that way. But from the very beginning, God has used that because wherever he ended up sending Jack to help us, he just did. And he shored things up and, and built things up. And we're just so thankful and um, we're going we're gonna to miss them. Like I said, they're, they're heading to Boston. But I want to finish with this, because this goes with, with Paul's calling, just like Jack and Alex's. And now, compelled by the Spirit. That's really why he's up here today. He's compelled by the Spirit of God, saying, I'm calling you to this next place. Not knowing what will happen to me there, Paul said. And Jack and Alex don't know for sure what's all going to happen in, in Boston. But he says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me 
that uh, um, warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. That's the one part I'm hoping that uh, you don't end up in jail. I, I'm just, uh, I will be. At, at, least, at least jail because you put yourself there. Right. But he is going to minister in the, uh, in the city jail right in the middle of Boston. <laughs> Um, however, I consider, Paul said, my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race, complete the task that the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And I say this with total confidence and to you and to our church and everything. I, I think you have finished all the tasks that God has given to you in Gettysburg. I really do. And this is the next task that God has for you. And you've done it. You've done it well. And we are so thankful for that. And now God has another task um, for him in Boston, and we're sad, and we're, we're crying with them, and yet we also are, are excited because, truthfully, it's a little selfish, but some of the things that God will do in Boston, we get to take credit for uh, because we didn't hold on to them, and we said, go and go do what God wants, and we're happy to have some credit in the amazing things that God's going to do for you in Boston and the lives you're going to touch. We get to be a part of that church, and so I, I told Jack, I said, this is important for us to stand here together not to show off anything, but simply because there's far too few examples of, of good transitions and good goodbyes, isn't there? It's just so often it's, it's really underneath the service or something bad or negative, and you need to know what it looks like when God calls people like Paul and, and, and Jack and others um, because it's a good thing, and there's a rejoicing and honoring even through our tears, and that's what today is. So thank you, Jack, for how you've served us and served us faithfully and helped us, and man, we love you, and we're excited to hear your final words to us today. I love you too. Uh, we can get through this together, okay? Oh, man. About six weeks ago, when uh, we knew that this Sunday would be our, our last Sunday here and our last, time, our last time to be with you, six weeks ago, Mark says to me, Jack, why don't you, just, why don't you and Alex just come? You know, you just, just come and, and just be, and you don't have to do anything. You won't be on the worship team. You don't have to speak. You just come and let us just love on you a little bit and pray for you, and then we'll just send you with our love. And, and that sounded good, and, and that was six weeks ago. Five and a half weeks ago, Mark said, Jack, why don't you speak your last Sunday? <laughs> and you can share just on your heart and what's going on and, and just some things, some final thoughts for the church family. And, and as I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, I'm going to be a crying mess. You know, and I, I still might be a little bit, and I ask you to... Bear with me ahead of time on that, but I, I thought what a, an amazing honor and opportunity to be able to just share some, some final thoughts with you, and, and so what a great opportunity. I, I did say in the first service that, you know, the fact that he had me speak the day after the uh, National College football semifinals that I get one last time to say to Mark in public, roll tide. <sighs> Two and a half years, my wife and I have been here. And if there's anything I want you to know today, I want you to take away that God is a faithful God. He is faithful in every way. And I pray for every single one of you that you would never, ever doubt that. 
two and a half years ago, he was faithful in leading us here. Alex and I had, you know, completely different plans where we thought God was going to take us, and a position opened up here, and I remember meeting with, with Mark at, at Fridays here in Gettysburg, and we just started dreaming a little bit of what, what that would look like uh, coming on staff here, and, and we just remember God just solidifying that in our hearts, like, yes, this is where I'm calling you for the next season of your life and ministry. He was faithful in that. He was faithful in allowing us to be a part of an amazing staff and people that I feel so honored to get to serve with. And it's an amazing staff because not only do they work so hard and so well for you in this church, but we love each other and we love doing life together and we love having fun and we love praying together. We love praying for you. And God was faithful in that. He was faithful in providing me and Alex with so many precious friendships. And you all are so dear to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for loving our kids so well. We're so grateful to call you family. We're so grateful to call this church home. He is faithful in so many things. He was faithful in our time when we were at New Oxford for that season. That was one of the reasons Mark brought us on to start a second campus and a third service on Sunday evenings. And, you know, those were long days. If you've just joined us in the last year since we've been in this building, we used to meet at the middle school while this, while this building was being built. And I'm telling you, those were some long days, especially for Pastor Nate. You know, he'd get there at five in the morning, which to me is the most unchristian hour ever invented why anyone would ever want to wake up at five and I know you got some hunters in here and that's all good and well like I'd rather be sleeping but you know like he'd be there from five and we'd come in and we'd set up the stage at the middle school and then have two services and tear it down and then take everything over to New Oxford and set up and get ready for evening service those were some long days but I tell you what we saw God do some amazing things there in that time that we were there and he showed us, you know, Alex and I, that that wasn't his place for us. And, and Pastor Dan was able to take a, a great team over there and plant Swift Run. And, and that was a result of God's continued faithfulness. He was faithful in our move into this new building and, and this beautiful building that, that as the uh, dream and vision of, of Pastor Mark and Jerry and the staff for so many years, even before I got here, to extend our base, to widen our reach in this city, we have seen that over and over again because of his faithfulness. I saw his faithfulness in our, in our kids' ministry and our youth ministry and being able to oversee those and see God just do amazing work. To see God bring together students and kids that, that just wanted to grow and love him. To see his faithfulness in that is something that I will never forget. And again, I pray that you would know and settle in your hearts how faithful of a God He is. He's been faithful to my family and I in this transition time of, of answering the call to go to Boston. We put our house on the market November 2nd. We pray, God, would you sell our house fast? You know that this isn't a great time of year to, to, to put your house on the market. And, and so that was November 2nd. And we had a contract November 6th, four days later. I was like, God, we asked you to move fast, but did you have to move that fast? <laughs> we were hoping to be in our house through 
through Christmas, but we settled on our house a couple of weeks ago and got everything moved, and, and he's been faithful in that. He's been faithful in that we have a, 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 an apartment already waiting for us up in Boston when we move up there in a great area and great location. He was faithful to my wife just uh, a little under two weeks ago. She was driving home from work, and, and, and she got rear-ended, crushed her car, totaled her car, and she was able to walk away from that. You know, and, and his hand was on her. You know, I called her the next day. You know, I figured she'd be, you know, sore and, you know, what, whatever. She's at the gym. I'm like, I'm lucky if I can spell gym, let alone go to the gym. You know, like, good for her. Like, that's awesome. And, and then he provided a, a car for us that, that, you know, because of insurance money, we didn't have to lose any money on that. And, and, and he's just so faithful over and over again. And if again, if I could ever instill anything into you, it would be that he is a faithful God. And it's not dependent on us. His faithfulness, thank God, is not dependent on our faithfulness to him. His faithfulness is dependent on the promise that he says, I will be faithful. And he can't break his promise. He will never break his promise. So you can trust in his faithfulness. And I pray that you do. And as I pray for you, as I use this last opportunity, I just want to share with you just a couple of thoughts from one of my life passages that comes from Joshua chapter 1. And I just want to take a couple of minutes. It won't be long this morning, I promise. But Joshua chapter 1, and, and, and here's what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So just a couple of final thoughts for you this morning as I pray for you. These are things that I pray over you. The first, first thought for you this morning is this, is, is, is don't put God in a box regarding your future. Don't put God in a box regarding your future. It says after the death of Moses, you know, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, go rise, and I'm going to give you the land that I promised your forefathers. I don't know about you, but I like to make plans sometimes. I like to have things in order. I like to have things in such a way where I feel like, God, if you would just do this, if you would answer this prayer and just work the job situation out this way and work the family situation out this way and just all these different things, and God, everything would just be good. Just follow my plan, God. I, I, I 
promise, God, I know what I'm doing. You know, as if God's up there saying, man, Jack, I didn't think about that before, you know. But so many times we try to feel like that, and we try to get God to conform to our plan instead of what He implores us to do, and would you conform your plan to my plan? Would you conform your will to my will? Would you trust me that my plan is better. I think about Joshua and the Israelites. I mean, I'm sure they had it all in their head. I mean, Moses led us out of Egypt. It was because of his answer to God's call from that burning bush. And they come in and we saw the ten plagues. We saw Pharaoh finally release us. And then we get to the, the Great Sea and, and we see God's hand part that Red Sea. And we, we walk right through it on dry ground. And then we were hungry and God sent manna. And then we wanted meat and God sent quail. And then we were thirsty and God gave us water. Over and over again, God used Moses to lead us through these valleys and these deserts. How else could it happen? But now Moses is dead, and now it's a new plan. And I can just see the people just freaking out. Like, what, this isn't what we th- had in mind. This isn't what we thought. This isn't how it's supposed to go. Moses is supposed to take us in. And yet God's plan was different. God's call was on Joshua to lead them into the promised land. My prayer for you and my encouragement to you is look for those areas in your life. Really seek those areas in which you have kind of just taken over and saying... God, I am surrendered to you, but in this area, like I feel like I know what's best. And I feel like if you, God, if you just listen to me, then everything will be okay. And my prayer for you is that you would release those things, that you would allow the Spirit to bring those things to light, and that you would be able to pray the prayer of Jesus in the garden, saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my plans, but your plans be done. Not my call. Not my thoughts, not my things that I think they should be, but God, whatever you want, I will do. Don't put God in a box. Remember what Paul said to the Philippian church? He said, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Allow him to work on you. Allow him to shape your heart to become more like his. And he is faithful and he will promise to do and continue that good work until it's complete. So don't put him in a box when it comes to your future and his plan for your life. The second thing is this, is this thought that God will never ask you to fill someone else's shoes. God will never ask you to fill someone else's shoes. I mean, Moses just died, and now God is telling Joshua, all right, you're next in line. You're up. You're up. You get to lead the people now. And I just think about what, what that would have been like at first for Joshua. Like, I mean, I, I, I put myself in his position like, oh my gosh, I look at Moses' life and we already talked about like all the things that he did because of God's faithfulness and the plagues and leading him out of Egypt and all of that stuff. Like, man, Moses, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. Like, there's no way I can do all the things that Moses did. There's no way that I can live up to those expectations. There's no way that I can be who Moses was. And I just feel like God would just was saying to Joshua, and I feel like God is saying to every single one of you, I am never going to ask you to be someone else. God will never ask you to fill someone else's shoes. He's asking you to fill your own shoes. See, God has uniquely created you in so many ways. 
He's given you gifts and talents and abilities, and it's all because of how He has created you to be you. So why on earth would He ask you to be someone else? He's asking you to be you. To surrender yourself. To say, God, whatever you would have me do, wherever you would have me go, is where I will go. Whatever you have called me to do, that is what I will do. I will follow you. He didn't ask Joshua to be Moses. He asked Joshua to be Joshua. But a cool thing about their relationship is that Joshua and Moses probably got to spend a lot of time with each other. And I bet that meant the world to Joshua. And I feel so blessed and honored to have served with Mark for the last two and a half years. And you've taught me more than you'll know. And I love you. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate your tenderness for Jesus and the Spirit. And you've taught me a lot. And I think there was a a good pride that Joshua had to say, I got to spend time with Moses, and I feel that way about you, Mark. And I feel that way about our entire staff. Like, I know Nate's probably downstairs watching this on TV, but, you know, Nate's my brother. And we spend a lot of time talking with each other, usually over Chipotle and Starbucks. And those are some righteous times. 5 a.m. is not a righteous time, but Chipotle, that's where you're going to meet Jesus. Okay, that's for free. (laughs) But that guy's my brother, and there's nothing that I wouldn't do for him. I'm so thankful for the relationship that we have. I'm so thankful for Kathy and Shelly and Jace as as part of our, our kids' ministry team. And I had the awesome opportunity to lead staff meeting, children's staff meetings with them every Tuesday usually for an hour and a half unless Kathy really got to talking. It was funny, Nate and I share a wall in our offices, and, and for whatever reason, you can hear voices carried through them. And usually after staff meeting, Nate comes over and says, Kathy talks a lot. I said, just you wait, because <laughs> he's taking that over, you know, so he's going to learn a whole new way. But it's been an honor for me to serve with them. And I just love the job that they do, loving your kids. They do an amazing job. And my prayer, and my prayer for this church is that you would understand at some point just how much of a gift that this church has in, in Chris and Jerry and Lania, who do so much that... that they don't get credit for, but they love this place and they pour their life into this place. And even more so what they do for this church, I'm so grateful for their friendship to me and I love I love them all. So thankful for that. And so God said to Joshua, he said, wherever your feet tread upon, wherever you go, That's what I've given you. And so, you know, he was talking about the promised land here, but here's my encouragement to you for this. 
is that we're, we're answering the call to serve at the Dream Center up in Boston. But I want to encourage you and challenge you that wherever you go, you are the Dream Center because you have Jesus. You have the hope that this world needs. You have the light that this dark world needs. Is that wherever you go, when your homes and your workplaces, wherever you are, that you are the Dream Center there. And you take the hope and the love of Jesus and you share that with every single person that you come in contact with. Wherever the sole of your foot treads upon, that's what you get to be. Because as he says in Matthew, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill that can't be hidden. And finally, just a little thought on what the Bible doesn't say. One of those cliches that you'll hear a lot, and I hope that you never fall for, is that God will never give you more than you can handle. You, I would, well, you won't find it in Scripture. I won't challenge you to find it in Scripture because that would be a futile effort. Here's what he promises. Because you will go through times that are humanly impossible to go through. You will go through times that you feel like you will not make it to the other side. But here's what he promises. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And I will be with you every step of the way. That's what we can hold on to. That's the hope that we have, that no matter what we face, no matter what mountain we're climbing, no matter if we're in that valley of the shadow of death and we have no idea what's on the other side, we can take that step of faith knowing Jesus is with me. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it's going to end. But I know Jesus is with me because he promises to never leave me or forsake me. And that's why he gives us his word you know, he said, this book of the law shall never depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night. It's so important. That's why we do this 21 days of, of fasting and praying. That's why life groups are so important because his word is the lamp unto our feet and the light into our path. And that's what we hold on to, to give us hope and make it through. It's always during these fasts that, that our lives change. Like I've been doing this for probably five years now, but I take the first 40 days of the year and, and do a fast of some sort. It was during one of those fasts that God said, you know, I want you to go to Gettysburg. It was one of those fasts that, that God showed us, it's not New Oxford where I'm calling you full time. And it was just this past year as Alex and I were praying one night and, and we were thinking about, you know, are, are, we, are we too comfortable right now? You know, we both have great jobs that we love, and that's not a bad place to be, but, you know, we, we, we just feel like it's easy right now. And is God stirring our hearts to say, are you willing to release that? Are you willing to let that comfort go for the sake of my call in your life? And we started praying together. And I'm telling you this, if you are married, pray with your spouse. Make that a priority every day. And if you're not married, you know, find someone that you can encourage, that you guys can lift each other up and find a prayer partner that will encourage you every day to spend time in prayer, to seek the face of God, to search His heart, to become more like your heart. It's so important, so I can't encourage you enough. Pray. Get in His Word. Know His promises for you. Because I don't know what you're facing or what you will face, but I know that He promises that He will be there with you no matter where you go. Trust in Him and rely on Him. His true and faithful and promising word for you. I want to close with this.
This was a prayer that Paul had for the church of Ephesus. And it's my prayer for you today as I conclude this time. Found in Ephesians 3. Here's what Paul says. You close your eyes with me. Let me just read this over you. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I wanted us to finish this time by the staff praying over Jack and you as a church praying over him as well. I can't say it enough. It's not just some words to me. I, I really feel that as a church we're sending him out and uh, we're, we're part of this. And so if the staff would come on up and uh, join me and I'm going to ask you in a moment, church, if you would just reach your hands forward. As they, as they do, Paul concludes that passage in Acts with the elders there on the shores. It says, And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words of Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he said all these things, he knelt down with all of them and he prayed, and they all wept as they embraced him and they kissed him. We're going to do everything but kiss Jack. And... Um, what grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again, and then they accompanied him to the ship. Now, some of you may not see Jack and Alex again, but the point of it is, is that we, we initiate goodbyes, we initiate separation sometimes for the sake of what God is saying will bring eternal unity, eternal relationship with others, that we have this one moment. We've been talking about Jesus is coming soon. They're leaving because Jesus is coming soon. He wasn't coming back, then what, what's the point? Let's just stay and we'll all be together and be happy together. But Jesus is coming soon. And therefore, we have to go. We have to go. But we will see you again someday. We will see you again someday. If not here, we will see each other again forever. And our goal is to send, send others there with us. So we want you to participate with us as a staff as we just pray over Jack and Alex. Would you, would you just reach your hand forward, would you? It's just a, it's kind of a way to participate with us and pray with me as I, I pray for them. And may this just be the start of our prayers for them. Lord, we, we thank you for Jack and Alex, for both of them. Lord, both of them, even Alex in her own many ways, Lord, served us well and has built a lot of great relationships in our church. And she and Jack both are going to be so deeply missed by many here. We're thankful for the work and the ministry they did, but God, it's as if, it's, it's like Paul said in the scripture that they gave their lives, not just the gospel to us, but they gave us their lives. And we're so thankful that we get to know them, that we get to call them friends, that we get to kind of ride their coattails in Boston saying that we got to be a part of what they did before they got there. And Lord, we, we ask that you would use them in tremendous ways in Boston. Lord, as they go to support one one paid leader, Sheila, 
who's been doing a tremendous work in this huge metropolitan area of Boston. Now she has these two coming to join with her and to support her, Lord, with all the leaders and volunteers she has in that ministry. We pray that it would accelerate that ministry, Lord, to accomplish things that they they never dreamed that they could accomplish in a short amount of time, that you would expand its reach and its depth and its breadth, uh, Lord, in the in the area of Boston and beyond, to the to the homeless, to the children, to the incarcerated, Lord, to the to the uh, the the. Uh, the, the orphan and the, the, fam, the those that have no families, those without jobs, Lord, that this Dream Center offers hope to all of them. And Lord, even to the affluent, Lord, may they see what you're doing, Lord, and grab hold of it and, and begin to partner with what is taking place there in this Dream Center. We just, we, we thank you, God, for, for, for just giving us Jack and Alex. And now we give them, Lord, not as just, a, if we can, in the holiday season, they're not a white elephant gift, God. They are a treasure to us. Lord, they're a treasure to us, and yet we give, Lord, what we we feel is our best because, Lord, you're worthy of it, and the people up in Boston that do not know you are worthy of it as well. So, Lord, we gladly give this just treasure of both of them, Lord, that will hurt our hearts in, in a loss deeply, but, Lord, also... Lord, gives us such an investment of joy and, uh, and just excitement that we get to be a part, Lord, of what you're doing beyond Gettysburg. We thank you for that opportunity to be a part of that as a church. Just bless that ministry up there in the days and weeks and years to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And now I asked Jack if he would do one thing for us before we go. Because this is a, a weird reversal for me. Then part of the reason I called Jack back, uh, thanks for throwing me on the bus there, uh, um, so quickly was because I started thinking about this final week. And it was 12 years ago, Jerry and I stood on a stage and I spoke. And oh man, I cried for 40 minutes, just like Jack, talking about how much that church meant to me. And as I'm sitting here and as I was thinking about this Sunday and as I'm sitting here reflecting, we are now recipients, and I don't mean this because Jerry and I are anything special, but because a church sent us and we went through this, we get to share this moment together. And it's all because the church gave us to you and now we sit here and we don't know what it looks like over there, but there's a group of people just like this that'll be thankful someday, sooner and later, that we had this Sunday here that we said goodbye to him. And thus the kingdom of God reciprocates on and on and on because God so loved the world. Now we give and we give because he gave Jesus. So I said, Jack, you need to finish by praying. You need to finish by praying for us. And as a staff, we're going to pray with him for you. And it's not because all of you are supposed to leave. We'd rather you not all leave at once. Um, But some of you are supposed to go. You're supposed to go to other cities, to other nations, to other places around the world. God has called you, and you have disqualified yourself. You've put him in a box. You've said, I'm not a pastor. You've come up with all kinds of excuses. But there was a message in Portland, Oregon, nine months before Jerry and I left Whidbey Island, where a pastor just said, it's time to get out of the boat. And we drove home, much like them, and said, we looked at each other and said, God is telling us it's comfortable. Get out of the boat. And thus, we're here. And there's others of you that God is challenging you to get out of the boat. And that may mean leaving Gettysburg, or it may mean staying right here and getting out of the boat right here. But I'm excited to think what God will do, and that's why we do this, because there's others of you that God has put his hand on your life, just like Jack. And we want to pray for you, that you would do the same thing, whether here or abroad or around the world, but that you would go because God gave his son, that you would go now because God is giving you to others that need his son. So Jack, would you, would you pray for us? We'll close with that. 
you do something for me, just put your hands out in front of you as we extend our hands over you. Father, I pray for every single person in here. Lord God, if they've received you as their Savior, if they've said yes to you, then you have a call on their lives. Lord God, you have called us not to sit Lord God, but you have called us to go. You've called every single one in here to get out of that boat, to go into the world, whatever that looks like, whether that means staying here in Gettysburg and just being filled with your spirit to speak boldly and to speak the love of Jesus into their different situations and in their different circles. Lord God, for some of them that you are calling to go and get out of this area to be able to spread your word in different areas. Lord God, whatever it may be, Father, I pray that you would soften the heart of every single person in here, Lord God, to answer that call. Lord God, to open up their hands, to surrender their lives to you and say, God, wherever you have me go, whatever that looks like, don't let me put you in the box. Don't let me think I'm disqualified because I can't can't fill someone else's shoes, but to remember that all you require, all that you've ever asked any of us to do is to fill our own call in our unique lives and our unique gifts and abilities. And so, Father, I pray as Paul prayed over Ephesus that every single person in here would know how high and how wide and how deep and how long your love is for not only them, but every single person that's in their sphere of influence, every person that they see on the street, every person that they see in the store, your love for them them is great. And Lord God, you commission us, you call us to be that love to those people, Lord God, wherever we go, wherever the sole of our foot treads upon, Lord God, may we use those areas to be influencers of hope and influencers of love. And so, Father, I pray that over every single person here, may we have the heart like Isaiah that says, here am I, send me. Thank you for that call. Thank you for your promise in our lives. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It's a great reminder on our new bracelets. Call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. May that be a reminder of the next 21 days. God speaking to you. By the way, if your bracelet's too big or you didn't get one, we do have some just slightly smaller sizes back at the Connect Desk. If you want to trade it out, maybe for someone else who didn't, or if you want a smaller one, grab that. Hey, we uh, and don't forget your prayer guides to help you through this journey. There's a book there as well, Target Prayers, all back at the Connect Desk. But lastly, hey, we're going to have, we have some pizza we ordered. I think we got about 30 of them. They're up in the cafe. Jack and Alex are going to head up there. Don't think you have to come up here to say goodbye to them. They're going to head up there. We'll be up there as long as you'd like. So come hang out with us if you would like just to say goodbye to them for the next little while. Otherwise, you are dismissed. God bless you. Happy New Year. And we will see you next Sunday. Take care.